everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Guitar Talk. Man, we have a great, great show in store for you today. And we have a great lineup for the rest of 2023, Season 4, going into Season 5. Uh, you won't even believe it. You go to guitartalkofficial.com. You can see some of the people coming. Do yourself a favor, though, and make sure that you're following me on Facebook uh, Instagram, TikTok, all those places and that, because then you'll see, you know, the post of who's coming up when I announce, you know, what's happening and that. And also, too, I, I need to mention that this is new. Um, you can now subscribe to Guitar Talk uh, with Jimmy Warren on Spotify. It's two ninety nine a month. You get exclusive content. You get video content. You get early releases. There's a lot of perks to it. We're going to give discounts and freebies for tickets and giveaways and all kinds of different stuff. So it's only two ninety nine a month, and so it helps support the show. You know, for us to do what we do, because you know, if you've been paying attention to Guitar Talk for the past four seasons, you realize we've grown and grown and grown and grown, and we just keep having you know, it gets better and better and bigger guests each week, and it's it's amazing. So today, my guest is somebody that's been uh, on my radar for a really long time. I've wanted to have him on the show, but now he's got a brand new album that's releasing this Friday, the twenty fifth. And, uh, you know, you know him from Whitesnake, probably. He was with uh, David Coverdale and Whitesnake for a very long time, like 25-plus years. And he was a part and in, in, in an important part of some of the most iconic songs that that band did. He Great solos, great songwriting. I mean, just amazing. And I'm talking about Adrian Vandenberg. That's right. He's got a new album that's getting ready to come out. He's got a new tour that's about to happen. And so I'm really excited for it. And so when the opportunity popped up for me to be able to sit down with him, I jumped right on it, of course, because he's somebody that I really like and I've wanted to talk to. So so do yourself a favor. Sit down, put your feet up, get a nice, cool beverage like I would, and enjoy this conversation with Adrian Vandenberg right here on Guitar Talk. Hey man, there he is. How you doing? Really good. How are you? Real good, real good. I am glad you could do this. So am I. Yeah, I really enjoy cool. talking about rock <laughs> and guitars, <laughs> right? Guitars. Yeah, you... I spend... Well, without guitars, there's no rock, you know. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it defines rock. The guitar does. That's it. Does yeah. It. Does. I agree. Yeah. So, hey, uh, you know what, man? You have had uh, an incredible career. I mean, you're an amazing player, of course. And uh, one thing I got to ask you before we talk about your album and everything that's going on with you, I'd like to know what kind of things did Adrian Vandenberg do in the formative days of developing himself as a player that have made you the player you are right now? Uh, it was basically my 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 passion uh, for playing guitar i couldn't stay away from the thing you know it's okay. like uh, my, my, my mama t always told me that um when i was a kid when i was a toddler you know like three four years old i would run around the house with um 
with a cigar box from my dad that I had elastic bands wrapped around. So I went meow, 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 meow <laughs> until it, it drove me nuts. And um, uh, when I was about 11 or 12, I got a guitar from, uh, from an aunt of mine, which was a piece of shit, of course, but it was a real guitar. So from then on, you know, I, I started fiddling around and, 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 and see what, try to find out what, what I heard, heard in my head to, to translate it to the strings. And um, I've never been able and still not to read notes. I never had any training. So I was basically, I fiddle around and I still do until I hear something that goes, yeah, that's what I mean, you know? Yeah. So did you have any kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, do you have any kind of routines or uh, things that you uh, that you did in your re your practice time that you think, you know, have really helped strengthen you as a player today? Um, I don't think so. I, I think my routine is basically the fact that I don't have a routine. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah. pick up a guitar and, and uh, I still love the feel of it. And, and we have like a, like a cool sound to inspire you um, to kind of, find out little bits and pieces that I like and I try to memorize them and then um, I run into something else and, and it's always been like that you know ever since I can remember um, and it still keeps me going because whenever I pick up uh, one of my guitars I go man this is great you know <laughs> and basically basically you try to squeeze um, as much emotion, uh, emotion out of one or two notes um, I've always been inspired, um, as you can probably tell by my style, um, by the melodic players, you know, like uh, Jimmy Page, Hendrix, uh, Hendrix especially Hendrix, um, Clapton in the, in the days when he was in the cream, uh, guys like Paul Corso, especially guys like Leslie West very much, and um, Jeff Beck, all the guys played melodies on, the, on their guitars, and um, technique has always been, for me, a means to get there, you know. So, to means to get uh, a means to get to the sound that you hear in your head. Yeah. So, so when you're when you're uh, uh, creating a song, when you're writing a song, in that, do you uh, do you structure out your solos? You know, you know. Since you mentioned the melodic aspect of it, a lot of players that are really melodic sometimes will structure out their solos or their their fills or whatever they're doing. Or is it something that just comes out naturally and then you just go with that flow after the fact it's, yeah it's, it's, it's in principle a combination i record um a few solos and sometimes i use the beginning of one and then i use the end of the second one and uh, and very often i paint myself into a corner because by the time um, i'm gonna have to play them live i have to figure out what the hell i was doing <laughs> and, and uh, I, i'm in the process right now because there's a couple of live shows coming up i go where where on the neck and how did i do this and why did i do this you know and uh, <laughs> it's a very intuitive process um uh, and not not very much premeditated because it's it's like yeah it's it's, it's, it's kind of weird pro process i stick out my mental antenna and uh, just like when i'm writing songs and and stuff happens and i go oh what happened here oh that sounds pretty nice and then um, I either memorize it or I record it. And like I said, you know, uh, using sometimes when I record a couple of solos, I use one part for, uh, from the, from one and another part from the next. And it's actually what I learned indirectly through Jimmy Page because mm -hmm. <clears throat> the first two Vandenberg albums were recorded in Jimmy Page's studio at the time in the 
early 80s and uh, his engineer I, I saw all these uh, one night I was on the prowl in in, in, the, in the studios and I, I stumbled onto the, the tape room and I saw all the 24 tracks of legendary songs like Stairway to Heaven and all the love and stuff all the tapes the original tapes but, but I saw a lot of tapes uh, from um, uh, a lot of takes from several songs and I asked them so I started asking the engineer you know how how they were they went about it and, and he said well you know yeah they do a couple, uh, sometimes a lot of takes until jimmy is happy and uh and i got to ask him so how you know how, how does he do the solos he, and and that's this is pretty much what he said he records a couple of solos and then he goes oh this part is nice that part is nice and um and he used to kind of punch him in and out yeah. uh, on the desk and um I thought, oh, that's an interesting approach. It's good enough for, for Jimmy Page. It's good enough for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you like the the recording process, or would you say that you're more of a live player? You love playing live. I like both, but the recording process, as long as it doesn't take too long, yeah. you know, I like to keep spontaneity, and um, because that's for me so important to this kind of music, because rock without um, fire and passion is useless you know um, unfortunately i see quite a number of uh bands and, and, and artists that i that i really admire i still do uh, but sometimes they, they fall into the trap of automatic pilot and and, and 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 you hear a record where you can hear how great they actually are but um it it, it doesn't have the spark it doesn't have a fire and and if rock doesn't have a fire, it's to me it's useless, you know, because it needs to grab you by the throat and pick you up and um, throws you into the abyss or or you know kick you the way up to uh, to heaven or whatever, you know. So how do you how do you stay on fire like that? I mean, having been around so long and done so much, you know, I mean, do you, do you ever feel like well, it's you know, it's kind of routine now, or or what do you do no, to keep no, that fire? No. I, for some reason, I managed to keep it. Maybe it has to do with the fact that over this whole period, I haven't really recorded that many albums. Yeah. Uh, also, I really enjoy my life in general. You know, and if uh, sometimes people ask me what is because I also paint and I like to cook and all, all the, I've got a lot of interests. Uh, sometimes they ask me what is your favorite art form. Then I go, well, basically the art of living. You know, it's um. Uh, I don't always play. I, I, uh, when I start playing, I don't stop. So um, sometimes I fall into the trap and then I, I, I play for a long, long time. I go, what the fuck am I doing, man? Uh, there's other stuff that I need to do as well. Um, and, and that's probably where I get a lot of my inspiration from, uh, from uh, just by making sure you enjoy your life and you listen to great stuff, you eat good food mm -hmm. that uh, inspires you, you know, like a good glass of wine. Um, I like to travel. All those things inspire me um, to do. And sometimes when I don't play for two or three weeks, I pick up my guitar again and go, wow, wow this is great, you know? So it does help if, if uh, for me personally, if I don't play all the time and when I play that I, I try to, you know, to really research and, and to figure out um, how to, to get on the, um, out of my hands what I hear in my head. Uh, yeah, it's a, I guess... Yeah, that's uh, that's my non-routine routine. <laughs> so, so are you uh, are you a guy that just like is uh, dives deep into gear, you know, pedals and effects and amps and different types of pickups and 
or are you somebody that I've, I've got my sound, I've got, you know, what I like to use and that's all I use, or do you get lost in gear? Yeah, I don't get lost in it. You know, I, I'm quite a purist. I love the sound of um, yeah. a good guitar straight into a, a good amp. Um, and up until um, about, well, up until COVID, I pretty much solely played on, uh, on one of my Marshalls or a couple of them. Um, but when we started to do more fly-in shows and you, you're kind of, you have to rent equipment, whether, you know, when you do a show in England or a show in, in the States or whatever, um, I found that um, I used um, the, uh, the blue amp um, regularly and uh, lately uh, I'm kind of forced to, um, to do a, a bunch of shows with the boss it's uh, i think it's a gx 100 or something it's a multi-effects thing with um sounds in it and and when i when i tweak around uh, a little bit with whatever i i have to work with um i managed to get the sound that i kind of like and it's pretty close to the sound i always have it has a lot to do also i think that i don't use a pick anymore i play with my nails mm -hmm. not really with my fingers like um richie cotton cotton does for instance um because I really needed a tech. And um, uh, since I had this accident uh, so that I couldn't uh, play on my own songs in a Slip of Tongue album, um, the coordination um, be uh, between my um, right index finger and, and thumb and, and uh, going all the way up to my neck um, was a little disturbed. So the, kip, the, the, the pick, um, I couldn't control the pick as, as well as I could before that. Um, so without realizing it, I started doing more and more with my nails, mm -hmm. um, with, with the pick, uh, often the pick in my, in, in my hand, but then use my middle, middle finger um, nail, or then I use the index finger's nail. And I'm, I'm blessed with really thick nails, so I never run out of picks, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you find that... You, you play a little bit better now since you are using your fingers versus, you know, using the pick? Because some guys, when they switch, when they go to their fingers, like you mentioned, Richie, Richie yeah. became a completely different beast when you went yeah. from the pick to playing with his fingers. Do you find yeah. the same thing has happened to you as well? Uh, I think so, because um, I still try to do the same thing, but your technique changes and um I find that I do more legato, which I've always liked. I've basically always done that, uh, to be honest. Um, a lot of stuff that I played in the 80s, as soon as it was fast, it was usually legato. Um, so that hasn't really changed. Um, I, I can tell that the precision of my right hand is not as precise as it used to be before this accident. Right. But in the end, you know, for me, all I want to do is make music and get out, uh, translate what I have in my head to my guitar. So if it's one way or another, whatever works, you know, um, it, it doesn't really frustrate me um, because I can make the noise, I can make the sound. And um, I guess I guess I play a little differently. Um, I think you should also, because um, I've heard some comments, yeah, Adrian doesn't play the same kind of style that he had in the early eighties. Now, man, it's 40 years later. I think every artist, whether you're a painter or a chef or um, guitar player you should evolve in whatever direction mm -hmm. i think you should uh, you know keep your your mind open to whatever pops into it and go oh that's an interesting route so bring you go that that side and you usually get back to the main road yeah 
Yeah. Well, you know, it seems that, uh, you know, players, when they, uh, you know, over a period of time, you know, they, they have to, you have to evolve in some fashion or, you know, even though you got your true fans that like, you know, they want you to be in your lane at all time and that, but then you got other people like myself that I want to see you express yourself differently. I want to see you create something new and something different. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm happy to hear that because isn't that where any art form is about, you know, that it's supposed to evolve. Um, that's why um, I was afraid when I started to work under the name Vandenberg again, that a lot of people would expect me to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I was with Whitesnake for almost 13 years. So there's always going to be Whitesnake songs in the set uh, that I was involved in, right. or that I co-wrote with David or whatever. Um, I like to do stuff. I like to make people happy with uh, the, the songs that um, you perform. And when I'm happy, they're happy. And when they're happy, I'm even happier. So it's it's definitely that that uh, that inter inter uh, change or um, exchange of electricity and emotions at the show that that, that kicks your ass and that, and uh, it works two ways as you know so it's a beautiful thing you know it it never ceases to amaze me and it never ceases to excite me and inspire me yeah well you you've managed to uh, you know mass a a good following of you know people that that love your music and love your playing and that i know when when i've told people that you know i was going to interview and you were coming on guitar talk everybody's like well it's about time <laughs> you know, it's like you've had everybody else how come you haven't had him and it's like, well, you know it just it just works out that way so, it's great to hear yeah so you got a new album right sin yeah Correct. Exciting. Why don't you tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about the album. I mean, what was the thought process behind it and, and what was it like putting it all together with the, the new singer and, and everything you got, you got, uh, is it Matt? Am I correct? From yeah. Matt, Matt Levin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and then, um, yeah, it, 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 it was once again, um, never a dull moment in my life, you know, um, after COVID, um, was kind of getting over. Um, the, the singer I worked with on the 2020 album uh, three years ago, <clears throat> he lives in Romania. And in that, that part of the world, they were um, a little earlier in being able to take on shows. And, and, and Ronnie does a lot of stuff. So he, um, our agendas didn't match anymore uh, when we were able to start planning tours. And I was dying to get on the road. <clears throat> uh, and especially um, after the, you know, the hiatus. Uh, so um, our, our agendas didn't match anymore, so I had to look for another singer. Um, and fortunately, I stumbled upon Mats um, when I found out that um, he survived working with Ingmi Malmsteen. And, <laughs> and, and anybody who does that, you know, is, is boss. So um, I got in touch with him, and he was really excited because he told me that when he was in his mid-20s, his mom brought the first two Vandenberg albums for him to Gothenburg in Sweden, where he lived at the time, and now he lives in Stockholm. And um, and he was he, he really uh, you know he, he knew all the songs and stuff, and he was really excited. So that was a great way to start. And as you can tell, you know he's got an amazing voice and amazing range. Um, to my knowledge, there's only like three guys that I know that can sing this kind of material, and it's Dina Lusik and Ronnie and 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 Mark. No. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so. 
Uh, Mats is really excited. Uh, he actually told me that uh, he was kind of disappointed when he read somewhere that um, I started Moon Kings uh, about seven years ago, that I didn't call him. But I, I, I kind of didn't think about him yet at the time um, because I, I already started working with uh, the singer who's a good friend of mine. Uh, so I didn't really look at other singers. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so he was excited and... Um, uh, we started exchanging ideas um, through through the internet, and by the time we thought it would be a high time to uh, get together, I flew to Stockholm. And he's got a, a home studio, and we worked in the studio for a couple of days and worked on on the vocal lines and the, and the lyrics. And um, I made I always like to make very extensive demos um, on my iPad. Funny enough, but it's sounds pretty good um, because um, quite early on I learned that. Um, I shouldn't fool myself once you get in the, in the studio and, and uh, like in the very early days when I was a teen and I recorded my, my first records. Um, by the time I got, uh, you know, I thought, oh yeah, well, just wait until the sound is great, until the mix is great. But I, I learned pretty quickly. I thought, oh geez, you know, you really the song and, and, and the structure and everything has to be really good. And then in the studio, it's only going to get better with the right sound. So not the other way around. So, um, yeah, I make very well-prepared demos. And then also because it's much more exciting for Mats to, um, to think to and to, co to come up with his vocal ideas. Um, so that's what we did. And um, then I flew back to Holland and um, we started uh, a couple of weeks later, we started recording partially in, in, in Holland and partially in um, Stockholm and the rest in L.A. and uh, mixed in L.A. Yeah. So uh, did did you write? Did you and him write all the songs, or did you write all the songs? And um, on the last album, I write uh, uh, I wrote everything, uh, which I usually did in Vandenberg, the lyrics and and, and the melodies and everything. This time, um, I decided to um, because Mats has got great ideas. Um, yeah. It would be uh, it would be good to work together on the the vocal melodies and on on the the chorus lines and and some. You know, I always have ideas for. For lyrics, so this time I didn't work them out. I gave my ideas to Mats and see what he did with it, and he came up with great ideas and um, a different twist to the lyrics than I would normally come up with. So it really enriched it um, for me. You know, he's got a little bit of a dark edge to some of the lyrics, which is kind of cool. You know, which is something that I naturally don't come up with. Um, and we uh, bounce back um, ideas for, for the vocal lines until we were both happy. Um, all the instrumental stuff, I usually, that's the way I start, you know, with riffs and the chorus here and the verse there and whatever. And by the time you kind of make a basic structure, then it's time to start working on the vocal lines and stuff. Yeah. So, so the, the album's out now, correct? I mean, it came uh, it's going to be out officially uh, the 24th of this month. We have three, right. three singles out now. That's right. The videos are out. The Sin. Yeah. And then there was was the other one that's out now. The other uh, the first one, first one was House on Fire, then Sin, and now there's a new one out uh, called Light It Up. Light It Up. That just came out a couple of days ago, I believe. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, Friday, I think. Yeah, I watched all three of them. They're great. The new album, what I've heard of it, is is really good. You know, I mean, are you going to come man. and tour in the United States? Oh yeah, and um, there's a tour uh, being uh, finalized right now uh, in February, March. Uh, which is great because it's been 
ages since the tour of the states and we're really looking forward to it yeah. at the greatest time you know touring the states so uh, it's going to be, be fantastic and very exciting um the thing is uh, the record um comes out pretty late for today's standards uh, in order uh, to program uh tours because um most promoters have already programmed their like club shows and later in the year and stuff so uh, we're doing a couple of shows in Holland and some in the UK, I think, um, but we're mainly focusing on next year. Um, uh, and here and there, you know, I, I think there's a couple of German dates in the planning this year as well. Um, but we're predominantly f- uh, focusing on next year where we're really going to go um, yeah. all the way, so to speak. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, you know, I've talked to a lot of bands, you know, from from Europe and uh there's a lot of them that never come to the United States and tour. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, I'm guessing that it has to be the cost maybe, you know, maybe yeah. the cost is exorbitant now, you know, I think they changed some of the, the government changed some of the uh, things when it comes to, you know, working here and that, in that. Yeah. Uh, but do you find, you know, because Americans, when they go to Europe, they love to tour Europe. Because they feel yeah. like the European people just love music and they love the bands and, you know, the whole atmosphere. But in the States, it just feels different. Does it feel different to you, too, or does it feel the same? Well, um, it's kind of the same in a way that um, I love the American crowd. I've always done because America is definitely uh, way into rock and roll, as, as it's always been. I mean, most of it comes from the States, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it has become very expensive these days, uh, like, you, like you suggested already. Um, uh, just getting a work permit is already like uh, something like a thousand a person or maybe even more. And it takes, for, it takes a long time. It takes right. like anywhere between four months and six months. And that's the last couple of years. Also, what has changed in the States, um, apart from the really big bands, um, it used to be uh, like when I toured the States with Vandenberg in, in the 80s, um, you could do a tour and, and pretty much play every day. Um, these days, even well-known bands, you know, they, they, they fly out of LA or uh, wherever they're from, do uh, and fly to this city and fly to that city and fly home for the first part of the week. That's how it used to be in Holland and still is. Um, in our case, you know, if you come over, you have all these costs of, uh, of travel, of the working permits, and, and you have to pay the crew and, and, and everything. Um, you really have to play every day or like six days out of a week. And um, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do more than 30 shows, I think, in about a month and a half, maybe even shorter. But we're going to be all over the place, uh, mainly the East Coast. And then after the summer, the plan is to come to the West Coast and then do another bunch of shows. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting because... um, what uh, we recently signed with a with, with a high-profile um, promoter, and he found out that in the states uh, it's um, uh, it's better to tour under my name than to tour under the band name Vandenberg, because people know me for my 13 years in Whitesnake. So he had, uh, he and the sub promoters had a, uh, definitely wanted that. So uh, last week, uh, I managed to squeeze my first name into the band logo that I designed at the time. I was a graphic designer, you know, at the time um, when I started Vandenberg. Um, 
So it's still the same logo, but I have to add my name and then um, make the promoters happy, which is fine because it comes down to us playing in the States. Great, you know, we're, we're definitely going to do a few more Whitesnake songs also um, because, you know, I've been in Whitesnake for so long. Right. So the song that I was involved with and that I co-wrote with David, definitely going to be on, on the set. And it's going to be quite a bunch. Yeah, well, it's going to be a great tour in the album. You know, is, I'm sure it's going to do well you know, uh, all over the world, I'm sure. Yeah, because everybody knows. I talk to guitar players all over the place. Everybody knows you, you know. Yeah. Everybody likes, you know, thinks you're a great player and stuff. Uh, not just with the days with, with Whitesnake, but the stuff that you do on your own. I mean, I hear it all the time. When I start posting, you know, who's coming on the show and who I'm interviewing and stuff like that, well, then I start getting messages and stuff you know, and everybody starts to get excited. And uh, there was, uh, there was a bunch of excitement around the fact that you were, you were coming on. So. That is great. It's really, really nice to hear because it's a weird business. You know, when, when I stopped for about 10, 11 years, um, uh, since 1999, when I was like this at that moment, and I started picking up um, my career as a painting uh, painter and I did exhibitions and all the stuff. And, um, I stopped for about 10, 11 years because um, with my girlfriend at the time, we got a baby girl. And when the relationship fell apart, when my, my daughter was 13, I did not want to be one of those dads who is on tour all the time and sticks his head around the corner and go, well, I'm actually your dad, but I have to go, you know? Right. I really wanted to uh, watch her grow up and be able to explain to her what I, what I do. So I waited until she was about 12. And that's when I started uh, Vandenberg's Moon Kings. And we did a lot of shows in Holland and she loves it. So for me, that's also part of that, that the whole thing that we talked about earlier about uh, making sure you lead a great life. I mean, for me, it's really important to get inspired by the kind of life that I live and the people I meet and the food that I eat and, and the, the music I listen to. It's, it's like one big ball of impressions and inspirations and, 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 um, and, and, and actions for me. And, yeah. um, it, I guess it works differently for everybody, but that's that's how it works for me, you know. So, and and the fact that I sometimes barely touch a guitar for two or three or sometimes even four weeks, and then I pick it up again, I'm all excited. They go, "Oh man, yeah, great, bam!" You know, you hit the open A chord with a good sound, and you go, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, you know what? It says a lot about you. You know, the fact that you're willing to put it down you know, for your family and your daughter and that, I mean, that says an awful lot about you, your character and that, because I know so many guys that go through their career and then kind of regret the fact that they weren't around for their kids or yeah. you know, for special moments and stuff like that. So you yeah. know, hats off to you for doing that. You Thank know, you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Adrian, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I hope your album does great. And if you come to Chicago, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to. Oh, yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will because I saw it already on the roster. So it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to reach out to Steve and see if I can't come to that show. You know? Yeah, please come down. Yeah. So we can shake hands and talk about guitars. That would be <laughs> great. I wish you all the best and success with this album and tour, Adrian. Thank you very much, man. Great talking to you. And uh, I hope to see you in Chicago. Very Chicago. Good. <laughs> Great, man. Take care of yourself. Take, take care, man. Bye bye. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adrian Vandenberg. I want to thank him so much for participating in the episode. Make sure you're checking out his new album that comes out this Friday, the 25th. And uh, go see him on tour when he's in the U.S. or if you're in Europe or wherever he's at, you know. Go check him out. Support him. He's a great talent. Got a great band. uh, Great songs. Great playing. You're going to enjoy it. Now... We got a lot of amazing guests coming on early. I wouldn't say who they were, but I'm going to squeak a few out. You know, I don't know. Are you a fan of Glenn Hughes? What about Yngwie Malmsteen? Oh, my God. Yeah. We've got some great people coming on to the show. So do yourself a favor. Go to guitartalkofficial.com. Check it all out. Subscribe on Spotify. It's $2.99 a month to be uh, a subscriber and a member. And that we appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk. We'll see you.